This episode of Keep Calm and Jiu-Jitsu is brought to you by Gracie Baja, Alabama, located at 190 Commerce Court, Pelham, Alabama. For information, please reach out to Coach Connor at 205-637-5551. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens out there in the Gracie-verse, this is Coach Rick with Gracie Baja Hannibal. I am thrilled to announce that we're doing our first remote interview today. So I'm going to be sitting down with one of my favorite training partners ever, Coach Connor Brown, uh, originally from Gracie Baja Hannibal. He is now at Gracie Baja, Alabama in Pelham, Alabama. Um, let's just get into it. All right, joining me all the way from Alabama is Gracie Baja Hannibal alumni, Coach Connor Brown. Um, Coach, how are you doing today? Hey, I can't complain a bit. What about yourself? I'm I'm doing great. Uh, I had a last-minute uh, cancellation, and Coach Connor stepped up and filled in the void, so this is going to be our first-ever remote interview. So, a bunch of firsts for us this week. Hey, I am now even more grateful. Just one for the invite, but shoot, now to get to be the first, golly, I'm, I'm spoiled. You all continue to spoil me back in Hannibal, even while I'm gone. Well, that's what we're here for. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, how old are you, and where are you from? I am 26 years old, and I am from America's hometown, Hannibal, Missouri. Now, where are you living right now? I live I live just south of Birmingham. It's um, the it's called Pelham, Alabama. the The best way I like to describe it is it's kind of the O'Fallon to St. Louis. It is uh, just, you know, on the outskirts of the big city, so uh, you kind of get the best of both worlds. You get, um, you know, the the stress and troubles of, of big city traffic, but you can also escape and, and, and get away to the, the small, you know, kind of Hannibal aspect of, of a small city, a small city as well. Now, you're, um, you're program director down there, right? That's correct, yeah. So I came down, um, uh, they had a, an opening there at the, the program director job, and uh, I filled it in. And then um, after after I got down here, uh, I actually um, was able to start teaching the the four to four to seven year olds as well. So I'm uh, the kids instructor and then program director. And that that was um, that was something when I came back. It changed my life because I did I don't I wasn't comfortable around kids. And then I got put in that five to six year old LC one bracket, and like that's my favorite class to teach almost. Hey, it, you know, not only you get the it, it's fun and the the game side, and and um, you know you get to you really get to to make a positive impact on on these kids, and you know just the greens and whether it's or pitch, I'm bringing you, you know all all of those. Selfishly, each kids class has been one of the best things for my jujitsu. Because when you're teaching, when, when you're teaching the kids, uh, a light bulb goes off every single class for me. Of, well, why don't you do that? That uh, oh my gosh, like that makes total sense. Like it, it just teaching a kids class has been incredible for for my jujitsu. Well, that and we only teach GBK the high percentage moves. So, like, if you can master these moves, you've got a pretty good skill set going into the adult class. Oh gosh, yeah. And uh, you know how uh, when we get to watch the videos to, to review for class, you know, you, 
how simple they explain everything. And it, you know, for this dumb mind of my, dumb mind of mine, it's just like, oh, well, I understand that. I'm gonna do that. Yeah, it just uh, breaks it down and gives you like these really good technique and and it's easier. You know, like scissor sweep and sit up sweep are like two of my go tos. Oh yeah, heck yeah, they are. So you've been um, you've been down in Alabama for about a year now. Do you have any wife or, or any kids yet? <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. Okay. I have, uh, so it was uh, it was a year in February, and um, it actually in February came around. Hey, uh, you need to maybe leave the gym and go out and do some stuff. So over the past couple months, I've been trying to get out and do more. That first year I was down here, you know, I just I had such a one track mind. It, it was great a new environment and, and um, you know, new people to train with and, and things like that. But I have, I've started to try and actually live a life outside of jujitsu. So I'm not saying I have a wife and kids yet, but one day. <laughs> so um, I'm betting down there you don't have any family. Uh, what's your family that you left in Hannibal? I, I know mom, but I don't know if, uh, I don't know dad or I don't know any siblings. So how, how's everybody doing? So, so good. So it's just mom back there in Hannibal. Uh, my I've got I've got twin sisters. Uh, one of them uh, is up there in in New York, New York. So she's been um, kind of just you know sitting around the house uh, the past couple months and and hanging out. But she's uh, she's actually down in South Carolina right now, just taking time away from the big city with with the the crazy going on and. Um, She'll, you know, stay. She'll be in New York the rest of her life. That they, they both love New York, but one of them lives there. And then I've got another, the other sister, lives in Kansas City, Missouri, and she just, she actually just had her third kid. So I get to be uncle. I get to be Uncle Coach Connor, and I'm relishing that job. So she's keeping me updated with pictures of the new one and and uh, her brother and sister as well. So um, family's good. Shoot, everybody's good. With uh, even you know, with everything that's going on, shoot, everybody just works for home, works from home anywhere, so nothing's changed for them. And then, mom, she's just a trooper. Shoot, she, she, she I think she could get through anything and keep on trucking. Your mom, like if if you don't know Connor's mom, she's such a rock star in her own right. It's crazy. <laughs> she had me. I got to brag on her. She had me when she was forty, and I was. A surprise, and I tell you, she's just she's been the the just the the back my backbone, and you know the backbone for all of us. And you know, there's just there's something different about the mindset of um, of people that you know. She she grew up with an outhouse, you know, six kids in a six kids in a two bedroom in a two bedroom house. You know, the the mindset and and drive that that you learn from from a, a woman like her. I tell you, I just she is. She's just about everything to me, so I'm just, um, you know, she's staying safe, and, and I'm glad about that, so I'm, I always call and check up, and she is, I say. That's just my, my humble brag on mom. Well, that's great. Uh, if you could say that you took one trait from your mother, what would you like to say you, you got from her? Oof. The, the thing that it will help me, especially in the, the thing that helps me every single day at this job, um, the, the, the people skills, but more importantly is the the 
teaching aspect of, of being around kids. She taught, she taught kindergarten for 31 years and I was able to, to go with her to school, you know, I couldn't even tell just year after year after year, I would get to go to school and, and be around her and her teaching atmosphere and just the way she spoke to, to children uh, inside of the, the school and outside, the way she spoke to us and the way, you know, with discipline and, and, you know, it was, um, it, it, it just the, the teaching aspect is the, the trait that is just been the, the most useful that, that I could ever be thankful for. She just, she showed me how to, to, to treat people and, and help have impact on them. Uh, we've been talking about family. Um, let's get into the sports side. What sports are you passionate about besides jujitsu? So my first, I guess, kind of love was just YMCA sports. You know, it, it, whatever it was, if it had a ball, if, if you got to go hang out with your friends and, and play around, I was, I was all about it. And, you know, did that just year after year there. Um, that, that kind of shifted once tackle football came around. There was um, something very interesting about a sport where you get to put on pads and go run around and hit other kids and you didn't get in trouble. <laughs> it uh, it drew me. <laughs> so I've padded up in uh, fourth or fifth grade and we actually started driving over to Quincy to, to play tackle football. And football kind of took me into – College. I was able to play four years, uh, uh, just a little D two school there in Missouri, and it you know gave me an opportunity to go off to school for a bit and continue with that. Other sports that that I'm passionate about now, uh, hockey. I think hockey has continued to stay the course and and uh, be kind of when it you know very similar to when it started. A lot of other sports have have kind of shifted around and maybe changed the, the core of the game. I, I, um, a big hockey fan now because of, of how, you know, just the, the core is still there and, and the passionate fans and it, it's a blast guys flying around on butter knives on a slippery surface. It's just, it's crazy. What position did and you play in college? Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I'd say, uh, just real quick, I, I would get I would get shunned from Hannibal if I left out volleyball. But mud volleyball is above all. Uh, mud volleyball is is the only sport that there is to, to Hannibal. So I, I had to, I had to get that in, or I wouldn't be allowed back. So we'll be playing mud again this Fourth of July. So so everybody get down there to mud volleyball. So, uh, Tom Tom Sawyer Huck Finn days down there downtown Hannibal. <laughs> They've been put on well, notice. They have to be there. <laughs> the position, the position I played there in college, uh, I was a, a tight end. So I went off to school as a as a tight end, and then I actually got. I was trying to, you know, I was just being a fool and was doing the the Rocky Balboa diet, and I was eating raw eggs and uh, got salmonella, and I lost about forty pounds, and I just I wasn't able to play tight end anymore at, at the weight I was at. So I had, I had also been a long snapper. I wasn't the starting long snapper, but I, I was a tight end and then for special teams would go long snap. So I made the switch to strictly long snapper and 
it's funny, funny enough, you know, that's actually how I got on the field. I actually, I think I got one play as a tight end in my college career and uh, actually started a, started a full season at long snapper. So um, that was actually how I got on the field was being a long snapper. When you were a tight end, were you more receiving or were you blocking or were you kind of a combo of both? Perfect world, I'd tell you I was a receiving tight end. The, it is just it's difficult being a, a stud run blocker when the, the weight that you do have isn't muscle, it's more fat. So <laughs> I, was, I was more receiving just because I had soft hands. I was, you know, uh, it kind of goes along with volleyball of uh, just I, I was able to catch real good. I had pretty good hands, so I could, I could catch and, um, you know, wasn't the fastest guy, wasn't the, the best route runner, but I, I sure knew I wasn't going to drop the ball. And so uh, that was kind of my niche was just I, I could catch the ball that came, when, when it came to me. So we kind of talked about your background in sports. What was your first martial arts experience? My first martial arts experience was there at uh, Gracie Baja Hannibal. Um, uh, a good friend of mine, we went to high school together, and he was the manager there on uh, the Hannibal football team, was Greg Totten. And I, I had moved back from college. I had I'd been out a year, maybe even more than a year, maybe even two years. I'd been out of football for two years, and I moved back to Hannibal and was there at the Y working out and ran into, ran into Greg and um, I had seen the school in town and thought, shoot, that, man, that would have been really cool to have, you know, a couple of years ago in high school. Uh, I sure would. That would be something fun. You know, you, you, you hear lots of people talk about it and, and things like that. So I ran into Greg at the Y, and he told me that the first class was free. He said, hey, the first class is free. And I shoot free. Free just makes you perk up. So I, uh, the day after would have been my 20, 23rd or 24th. What did I tell you? I'm 26. So <laughs> yeah, the day after my 24th, 23rd, golly, it's been my, my memory shot. Yeah, the day after my birthday, I went in and took a class at Gracie Baja Hannibal and um, probably rolled a little bit too hard and woke up with a stiff crank, uh, crank in my neck and it took me a week to, to get over that and then I, I signed up and, and started training. You were already hooked, yeah. <laughs> That's how it works. Oh, yeah. So um, tell me about your first class. You told me about when it was. Um, anything particular about it that you that you remember that sticks out for you? The thing that sticks out. Um, I mean, shoot, with it being Hannibal, you know, first and, first and foremost is, is Professor Bo. You know, Bo is is um, just too many words to, for me to put into a sentence and, and get it out to everybody. You know, he, uh, uh, you all are incredible. Everybody's incredibly lucky to to have Bo in their life, and so he he would have been the the biggest thing that stood out. You know, just with the his personality, the way he teaches class, and um. And he is, I uh, brought a friend in as well, uh, one of my buddies that I went to college with. And I, I just remember, you know, looking over at him with this big grin of like, oh, man, I, like this is the coolest thing. And him kind of looking back like, ah, yeah, I don't know. So it almost 
made me more excited because it's like, oh, this isn't like, oh, you don't like it? Well, I, I love music. So I just, I remember uh, the instructor. I remember Bo. Bo is, Bo is a big part of it. And I just remember how much fun I was having. So um, tell me about your first tournament experience. I'm guessing it was at White Belt? That's right. So how'd, how'd that go? Go ahead and walk me through that, that week, kind of. So that, that week was... <laughs> I uh, I had just gotten my first stripe in jiu-jitsu. So I'd been training for a month. The, uh, the first tournament that I went to, you know, and I, <laughs> I went there just beyond excited, you know, just, oh my gosh, I'm going to get to to fight a jiu-jitsu match. And it was down in St. Louis, and uh, that was back when I still had that crazy long hair, so I had to go get, had to go get some cornrows, and, you know, it was just a whole ordeal. And, you know, called buddies that were down there, hey, I'm coming down to St. Louis, I'm going to be doing these jiu-jitsu matches and I did um, gi and no gi and uh, I lost every match I a short, long story short I lost every match <laughs> but, oh, uh, had you even had a class in no gi yet? <laughs> oh, uh, I bet not I don't even know if you could do no gi if you, maybe I had but gosh I couldn't tell you if I had or not. I bet I didn't, and then that's kind of what got me hooked on But, uh, you know, two of them, two of them were competitive. I did, I got submitted, I got submitted by a, a paper cutter. And after the match, I thought, man, that was the coolest thing. How did, he, like, what did he get me with? And now the, the paper cutter is, uh, I would say, you know, one of my top three, like, favorite favorite techniques to go for so you know i kind of you know i I lost but shoot i I gained a technique that i really wanted to sink my teeth into that they were competitive you know uh ceiling mistake i I still remember my my first match you know uh i turned i was trying to pass the guard and you know just turned my back and guard they took my back and got four points so i lose four two and uh and then the other match was, I can't remember if he took me down or pulled guard. Maybe he swept me, and I could never pass his guard, and I lost 2 nothing. I think that was it. He had swept me one time, and uh, and I could never pass his guard after that. So, But, shoot, they were, you know, it, um, the, the benefit to, you know, one, just the, the quote, Master Carlos has, you know, you never, you never lose, you win or learn. The, the benefit that I went out and learned a lot, but then also, you know, winning's great. Winning makes you feel good. You, you know, you get all the accolades, you, you get that little burst of, of dopamine, and you think you're pretty cool. But losing, it, it's a stronger fire. You know, it just mm-hmm. it makes you want to come back and, and train even harder. So. Um, the biggest takeaways from, from that first tournament was just one, again, how much dang fun, fun that this sport was. And then two, just the, the fire to keep training it and, and keep working on it. I was just talking to coach Justin, like there's a moment, like I think everybody you're getting there and you're like, I'm, I'm getting pretty good. 
I think I'm good. I think I'm ready for that next step. When's it going to happen? And then I've always had something in jujitsu that's humbled me. And whether it'd been like, you know, getting caught by the two-stripe white belt on the mat or uh, like my big example was I, I got my blue belt and my first roll in my blue belt, I got submitted by a three-stripe white belt in 12 seconds with a guillotine. And it's like jujitsu has a way of, of reminding you how humble you need to be. And, and like you were saying, that fire that just keep driving you, keep coming back in. Oh, yeah, shoot. You know, humbling from, it, it, it humbles you in, in lots of different ways. It humbles you there on the mats with with techniques and, and the things you do there, but then also the, the people that you get to meet and, you know, people's stories and, you know, stories of triumph and overcoming and, and, and battling through. Uh, it, it humbles you on on and off the mat. It's, a, it's an incredible way to, to really keep yourself centered and, and keep you going forward. So since your first tournament, how many tournaments do you think you've done now? Oh, man, I am going to say 15. 15. So from your first tournament to your last tournament, what has kind of changed in your preparation and what's kind of stayed the same? Like, uh, how are they like, and how are they different? Um, what has stayed the same is how dang nervous I am. <laughs> what has stayed the same is, you know, your game. You've got a, a game that, that you like to do. I, I love takedowns. I don't want to be on my back. Um, that's kind of where I'm working at right now is improving my guard game just so if I am there. But I'm, I'm a top player. I like to take you down. I like to pass your guard and 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 try and submit you from there. So what stayed the same is is just nerves. Shoot the and, and nerves doesn't have to doesn't have to be negative. You know that that excitement of you know the the week before you just can't hardly sleep, especially um, with the the bigger ones that that are that I've been lucky enough to be a part of, you know, the, the nerves stay the same. The game is very similar. What's different, the way you train, you know, um, what's different, I guess, is, you know, kind of, kind of, it's not that you stop expecting the, the best out of yourself. I, that's, I'm trying to think how to say it without making it sound like, Oh, you stop expecting to win. You you do learn how to to be uh, to handle kind of your own personal expectations. Mm -hmm. No one no one wants to go out and get embarrassed in twelve seconds. No, um, but you learn how to to you know man. I guess just manage those manage those a little bit better. Well, you're maybe starting to look at it. But there, there's only two outcomes of this fight. I win or I lose. And after that, it's kind of like, okay, let's let's go and have some fun with it. Right, right. All right. So let's say uh, you just got your fourth stripe on your blue belt or are you in your purple yet? So I've got, um, I've got three stripes. So I'm a, I'm a three-stripe blue belt. So who wins in a fight 
three-stripe Connor or brand-new blue belt Connor, and why and how? Three-stripe blue belt guillotine's new blue belt Connor in 12 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the improvements that I've been able to to make, uh, um, you know, earlier uh, I, we were just talking about how humble this game has, has made us. Um, however, I shoot, I... I'm very, I'm very happy and excited. That fire is still going. I'm very excited with, with some leaps I've been able to make with training there on the mass, but then also, you know, uh, adding in workout and weight room routines and things like that. Um, three stripe blue belt Connor is very confident against brand new blue belt Connor. Um, very confident. <laughs> All right, we kind of talked about Professor Bo already. What, what's your first memory of, of, of Bo? <laughs> I, um, it's, it's probably my favorite story to tell, um, especially to, to new people as they come in. And um, I'm, I'm so lucky. I'm so, so grateful to have, you know, the, the program directing job and be able to do what I do. And I kind of laugh because people will come in and, and want to sign up for jujitsu. And then they ask me, Hey, so, so what do you do? And I get to look at them and smile and say, well, I, um, this, I, I, I do this. So, uh, my, my first experience, my first memory with Bo is, um, is him giving me that opportunity. We were, we were done training. I, I couldn't tell you how, how soon into training it was, uh, if I'm remembering it right, it was fairly quick, a week or two. And uh, we had just got done training. He had allowed me to, to hang around for the advanced class. And so we were, we were the, either the last two or, you know, the last two or three, and we were closing up shop, cleaning the mats, and some, some water bottles. Some water bottles had got left out around the edge of the mat. You know, some of them full, you know, Gatorade, just some bottles were, were out on the, the old hardwood floor of the, the second school there in Hannibal on St. Mary's. And I remember he, he kind of, he kind of looked at me and like looked at me weird. And I was trying to figure out, like, Hey, what are you, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm, I'm just cleaning up. I'm, I'm just cleaning up. Uh, why? Like, you, you don't have to do that. I don't know. It's, you know, let's just, the bottles out and we just, let's get them. And, you know, we got in, we got into a conversation and the conversation just ended with, Hey, you know, we need a, a front desk worker. Would you be interested in, in, uh, in working the front desk? And I thought a job that'll, that'll pay for training dues. Like, yeah, heck yeah. Well, you know, you're, you know, again, the free, the free thing perks up, perks up, you know, you mean I get to train for free because I work the front desk, yeah, I'll do it. So that that's my first pro experience was was kind of that that cockeyed look, you know head turned look of what are you doing, guy? <laughs> but it just the working in a restaurant ruined me, you know, it ruined me in a good way. I just I you know when you see a mess, it it is just well you gotta you gotta pick it up because you don't. Well, you, you got to pick it up. So mm. that was that was my first bow experience. Now you're um you're under a new professor now. What what's the uh, professor that you're under now? 
So right now, the my professor, and I guess he's the, the school owner, is Khalifa, Professor Khalifa Oliveira. And then our head instructor is Professor Pedro Dutra. So um, Khalifa, Khalifa has a, a granite and, and flooring and um, rock business. So he, he sometimes is, is very busy with that. So he can't teach as many classes he'd like to. So Pedro teaches you know, the, maybe three of the four of the, the weekly classes, but there are days of the week. I mean, um, but Khalifa, Khalifa's, uh, just, he's a, you know, big reason to, to the bounds, the, the leaps that I've made just earlier. We talked, you know, I'm, I like takedowns. Khalifa was on the U S men's national judo team. The only reason he didn't get to compete in the Olympics was because he still wasn't a, a U.S. citizen. So, um, he, uh, is a, a judo whiz and I've, just been soaking in takedowns from him and then um professor pedro actually um trained you know with some some big names that people might recognize professor tusa john jones's jiu-jitsu coach and uh professor barada you know barada plata they they all train they all train together down in brasilia so uh pedro's been a just a a well of of jiu-jitsu knowledge and from both of those guys, I've uh, just been, been a sponge. So you you say Barada, uh, <laughs> Professor Barada, um, Coach Jordan McCollez fell in love with the Barada Plata and can hit it from like four different places now. I just that just popped in my head when you said that. Hey, I, well, I love it because uh, I'm starting to I'm, I'm starting to I'm starting to pick up a little bit of Portuguese just being around so many Brazilians and uh, I, I tell you I laugh every time I say Barada now because because it's cockroach so it's Professor Cockroach <laughs> or the, the cockroach plata you know it's just it, it's hilarious to me so I love uh, I love getting to say Barada <laughs> so now you just have to call him the cockroach plata well my nickname in Portuguese is Nogento and it means the white stallion the white stallion uh, hey no, um, Maria, um, when she worked for the school, uh, my, my nickname is, is Rick Nasty. And she's like, oh, no, Giento. And I'm actually, it's, it's a long story, but I, I tell people it means the white stallion. It actually means nasty or disgusting in Portuguese. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. I actually, uh, I hardly get called Connor down here anymore. It's usually, um, my my new name is Espiga, so Espiga D'Amelio or Espiga for short. That's just the cob of corn. So when mm-hmm. I went down there, I was I was skinny. I am not anymore. But <laughs> when I went down there, they could I was they thought I was a stick or they thought I was a cob of corn. So they called me the cob, Espiga. When you got there, you're like six two and 195 pounds. How big are the guys you're training with? <laughs> I went down. So I went down there at 185 and I'm not proud to say I weighed in today at 217 <laughs> it's been a long it's been a long quarantine <laughs> but it's the the guys I'm training with uh, we've you know Khalifa's 250 Pedro's 225 um, we've got some some purple belts that are that are super heavy you know, we've got a great mix uh, of whether you know speed guys or or big brutes that that I can throw I'd say shoot one of my training partners is you know 
his name is Big Ray. So <laughs> Big Ray and I, we get to, you know, if, if you, if you get, if you're, if your name starts with a big, you're, you're sure not small. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to have all the professors and, and training partners that I do that here. All right. How do you, as a three straight blue belt, how are you approaching new techniques when you see them? Asking as many questions in my head that I can answer myself and like getting out, you know, kind of the silly ones, getting out, asking as many questions as you can and then kind of sorting through those, the ones that you can either kind of answer yourself or the ones that are just kind of like the, you know, some like, yeah, but what if he does this? Yeah, but what if he does this? Getting rid of those and focusing in on one, my game, picturing it inside of my game. How does this technique fit into the way I move into what I like to do and figuring out if that's even a viable thing for it. If it's something that one, you know, it just doesn't pique your interest or two, you know, your body doesn't move like that because now you got a belly. I watch it and will do it. But a week later it's gone because a new technique came up that just perked my ears up and I am locked on eyes in just studying every single grip and and then pulling pulling the professors aside, whether it's when you're training with your partner, you know, asking a question or or after class. And it and the questions don't have to be, you know, in your gi, just at, on your way out the door. Uh, asking a question that maybe on your drive home you can kind of use your imagination and pick through what they responded to your question with of, you know, what do you prefer or, or things like that. But um, how, how I'm approaching new techniques is just looking at so many that one bound to stick. And, and then, you know, you work on it, whether it's for a, a week in your roles, you work on it maybe two weeks, you work on it for a month, you know, just going through and, and kind of having a specific focus of what you can do, what you can't do, what you like to do, and and going from there. So earlier you said that you competed in gi and no gi. Um, in your opinion, what are the big differences between gi and no gi fighting and training? So the first two right off the top would be speed and your grips. We get, we get spoiled by having pants grips and, and uh, collar grips and even sleeve grips. You know, um, you could, it's kind of, it's kind you know, kind of like the, if you're hanging off, if you're hanging off the side of a ledge, would you rather be gripping onto someone's gear having to, you know, hold a sweaty arm? Um, <laughs> the uh, grips, grips are big and speed. Man, the, the speed of no gear. Well, I guess and then third would be your weight, your control. Because, um, well, now I'm going to say four, shoot, no, I might have a list of 20 by the end of it. Mm -hmm. uh, speed, so speed, grips, your control, I guess that's kind of your grips. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mull it down to three. Your grips, and that counts as your control. You know, squeezing, you know, inside control, mm -hmm. squeezing your elbow on their hip so they can't hip, hip out away from you. Uh, the speed of it, 
moving fast because they can move fast too. Um, and where you, you know, where your weight's at. Gosh, yeah, shoot, I'm, I'm rambling. A lot of those I'm sure could go all together, but how quick it is is the biggest, you know, one of the biggest, I think, and, and grips. See, I didn't think about speed because um, I, I, I do a lot of nogi, and um, it is a different tempo. It's a different, it's a different gear a lot of the times. And I, like, as soon as you said it, it clicked with me. It was like, oh, he's he's right on that one, one hundred percent. And yeah, and grips are always different. No control and and the speed of it and everything else. No gi and gi are so similar, but they're so different at the same time. Right, and it is. You know, um, I think a lot of no gi jujitsu translates awesome into the gi. When when we do a no gi class. And then I see something that's like, oh, that is awesome. My first question is, hey, how do we turn this into a gi position? Because because of the control that you have to have in no gi, once you can get grips and 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 things like that, it's just going to make it even. It's going to make it an even stronger position in the gi. So uh, I I like to think that no gi positions translate a little better to the gi than vice versa. But you know. A, a triangle in the gi or, or no gi. I mean, shoot, it's still a triangle, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and an armbar, I was going to say armbar, but it is a little slipperier and you can kind of speed your way out of that one. But they just, there are things that, that are for both and then there are things that are for strictly one or the other. Yeah. So um, you said you've been teaching four to seven-year-olds and this could be the adult class too. I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw shade at the kids. What is the most cringeworthy thing you see on the mats? Um, so with the kids, hmm, I guess just, you know, something simple. And, you know, I even, I even catch, you know, myself sometimes. So I'm, I'm cringing at myself, but, you know, just, just hands it, in your mouth or, you know, near your mouth or your nose or, uh, my big thing, you know, might be like, yeah, you pick at your nail or on the mats. Um, it, it would, it'd probably be that, you know, the kids, kids are tough to, to kind of cringe at cause you, you laugh at it. It's like, ah, it's, it's a four to seven year old. But the thing that, the thing that, um, like the thing that I uh, hey come on cut it out is is you know kind of fingers in the ears and the in the nose and the mouth <laughs> just trying to get that trying to get that accountability to them of like hey if I picked a booger and then grabbed your gi for a takedown would you like it <laughs> no okay then don't do it please <laughs> oh. We we were playing um, the Bronco game, which is my least favorite GBK game to play. Oh, and I'm doing, on the knees. Yeah, I'm doing the Bronco game, and the little girl falls forward, and she went to grab my gi, and she stuck her whole hand in my mouth, and like pulled her hand back, and I could hear the squeak of her fingers against my teeth, and she's like, "Ha ha ha! I touched your teeth!" 
And I'm like, you just used the bathroom seven minutes ago, and I'm willing to bet money you didn't wash your hands. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's, like, that's, that's, when, that's when the bucking might intensify just a little bit. Yeah, it's just like, oh, man. But it's a, it's a kid, you know, it happens. Hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> Um, how does Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu differ from other martial arts for you? You know, I'm 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 awfully biased just just because you know my only experience is Jiu-Jitsu. Well, um, I guess Judo gets to count as well. Um, how do they, how they differ is you just the, the you know what you're trying to accomplish. You know, um, karate is striking. Taekwondo is striking. Jiu-Jitsu is, is, you know, grappling. Judo is, is takedowns with, with a little bit of grappling. That, that could really all, I could, I could only really comment on those things just because I've, I've only done Judo and, and Jiu-Jitsu. The, the other thing, maybe, would just be kind of how serious they're taken. Um, just, just because of the, the real world application for jujitsu, you know, um, it, it is first and foremost, self-defense It's the gentle art, you know, designed for the smaller person to, to defeat a larger person. So I think it, it's taken a little bit more serious than, than, uh, you know, karate and Taekwondo and things like that. So, between just the what you're trying to accomplish with the art, but then also maybe how serious it, how serious it's taken. Those would be the, the two things for me. What advice do you wish you would have gotten on your first day? The advice that I wish, or I the advice that you would give a new student. Um. The advice I see kind of seem to give the most is is how long of a haul this is. You know, even even now, you know, for me, you know, we've been talking about, you know, I was earlier I was talking, you know, how confident three stripe blue belt Connor is, um, but with all that confidence, just knowing that it's null and void against you know, any, any real practitioner of this, uh, this sport. So, um, telling people just, just how long of a haul it is, you know, white belts getting frustrated, you know, blue belts, myself getting frustrated knowing that it, you didn't, you know, whether it's a tournament loss or just a, a loss there in class, you learned either what not to do you learned a new position. You learned. Oh, I. He's gotten me that. He's gotten me that. He's gotten me with that twice now. But I creeped out a little bit. Like, oh, I almost got out though this time. Like, hey, next time, maybe if I continue doing that one thing, it it is day by day by day, you know, the, the old attitude of if you just get better 1% mm-hmm. each day, you know, it only takes 100 days. So just how long of a haul it is, 
how easy it's going to be to get frustrated, how easy it's going to be to, you know, especially now coming off this big layoff, how easy it is to ah, not go to class tonight, how easy it is to that tweaks keeping me out or, you know, not being as, you know, focused in at class, you know, kind of bringing, bringing your luggage with you inside of the gym, not just checking it there at the door and then coming in and forgetting about all the nonsense that you may have or may not. And, and just training and enjoying the thing that, you know, um, has been able to make an impact in my life and so many others. It would just be to, it's a long haul. Make sure you keep, just come to class and enjoy every single second. All right, Coach, one more question. In the current world, what does Gracie Baja mean to you? Oof. The team, you know, um, the, the team aspect, the, um, the community aspect, you know, the, you've got a, you got a group of like-minded individuals that um, you get to, you know, see most every day. If you train every day, you know, you get to see them every day. You get to share, you get to share something special with uh, some really cool people. It is, um, it is a strange, strange thing to really enjoy trying to choke people and work on the and try to get them to tap to a joint lock. You know, it is. It, it creates a strange bond. But it's an it's an incredible bond, and uh, so that the team and community aspect of, of Gracie Baja is is you know why the school is such a such a success. I actually had just just yesterday had, had told someone you know if I if I would have started jujitsu in any other gym, I'm I'm a hundred percent confident that that uh, I wouldn't. One, being the position I am, and then two, I wouldn't be, I either wouldn't still be doing it or I wouldn't be enjoying it. It, it wouldn't be the jujitsu that I know and love and, and get to do every day. So, uh, Gracie Baja to me just is, is, it means the absolute epitome of, of jujitsu and the, the team and community that we have, uh, you know, around the globe now, especially in these times, you know, every, every school sharing ideas and, and what's working and what's not working and, and having a, having a backing, you know, having a, having people in your corner. And that's a wrap. I want to thank you all for giving me a listen today. I want to thank coach Connor for joining me in my first ever remote recording session. I'm a giant fan of Connor. He is one of my favorite training partners of all time. I'm super proud of him for everything he's doing down there. He is competing. He's helping run a school. He's doing all the work to someday have his own Gracie Baja, and nobody deserves it more than Connor does. Um, We're in phase one right now. Soon we're going to be phase two, phase three, and then back to business as usual. Again, I want to thank you for joining me. Stay safe. Stay healthy. See you on the mats. Thanks.